Today I'm going to be talking about the invisible enemy. And I'm not talking about the coronavirus. I'm talking about the devil himself. Now, I do not like to give any attention to him. The most attention I like giving the devil is enough time to look at him to put him in my crosshairs. That's the attention that you want to give him, just that much. Because our eyes need to always be on Jesus and Jesus alone. You can get caught up in learning about all of these things and preparing for all of these things, all these dark, get your eyes off of God and over in this one area. Let's say you start studying the occult and those, those practices and you start studying those. Now, I'm not saying those are necessarily bad things at all, but we need to always come back to him. We should be studying him. He's the one who's going to walk us through this valley of the shadow of death. And I fear no evil, for the Lord is with me. He is my rod. He is my staff. He is my strength. Okay? So let's go to Ephesians 6 to find out just a little bit more of how to battle this invisible enemy. Ephesians 6. I'm going to start in verse 10, and I'm just going to start reading. And I'm going to stop periodically. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. I'm going to stop right there. It says, be strong in the Lord, in the Lord, not in your might, but in the Lord's might. You're trusting him with your life. He is going to be your rear guard. He is going to be your protector. He's going to be your strong tower. And in the strength of his might, not your might, but his might. It's an invisible enemy. You need to be fighting this battle with invisible forces. Okay? And it's literally the manifestation of the presence of God in your life. It's the Holy Spirit. Put on the whole armor of God. Not just some of the armor. But the whole armor, the whole thing, if you don't put on the whole thing, there's going to be a chink in your armor. The enemy is going to know exactly when to attack you and how to attack you based off of how the armor is on you. If we stay in him and we don't stick our head out and be like, hey, when the, when the minute that we stick our head out, boom, that's when we get hit. We need to stay in him. The enemy will not touch us. And when it tries to, it's a fiery arrow that gets deflected by the shield of faith. Okay? Moving on. For we do not wrestle against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. We are fighting against what was just stated, the cosmic powers, the authorities, the rulers. All of these things are in the spiritual realm. Now before, when we weren't made new again, when we weren't made new, when we weren't a new creation 
in him, in the beloved. Okay? It kind of goes like this. There's a hierarchy. Okay? You've got God, you've got angels, and then you've got humanity. Now, Jesus was made lower than angels, but he was in the perfect relationship with God. He never sinned. Therefore, the devil didn't have anything on him. Okay? Then he was clothed from on high with the Holy Spirit. And that's why when Jesus was casting demons out with a word, the enemy had to listen. No man could do those types of things. What authority did he have? Because Jesus had power. There's two words for power. Exousio and dynamo. Okay? Dynamo is power. Okay? Exousio is authority. He both had he had both the authority and the power to kick Satan around. Now keep in mind, he was tempted in every way. But Jesus was unmoved because his eyes were always on the Father. Okay? So Jesus is made lower than angels. And then we, now the great thing is, is this, we, on the other hand, the unsaved, unregenerate man, have no defense. But until we get born again, we now are seated with him in the heavenly places. So now the angels and everyone is below us. Okay, if we're seated with Christ, we're up here. And then you have, now you all of a sudden, that's a game changer. Because now we've been given the authority, the exousia. And we've been given the power, which we've been clothed on high. That would be when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now all of this flows from intimacy with Him. So there's all these cosmic powers. My weapons are in the spiritual realm. Because that's where the attacks are coming from. Okay? So, let's continue. Therefore, now because this is all stated, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Okay, so all of that, that big chunk right there, it says therefore. Okay? Anytime there's a therefore, you want to go back to what was just stated. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. We're called to stand. We're standing in him. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, specifically, we get to the belt of truth. The belt's holding everything together. It's holding your sword. It's holding your breastplate. It's holding everything together. The truth of God, okay, is your wall of protection. Nehemiah was the rebuilder of walls. That was the rebuilder of the word of God, okay? When the word of God is built around us and we are looking at it, when we're obeying it, that's when the walls come up. The enemy has nothing on us if we're protected in the walls, in the Word of God. The Word of God is Jesus. If we're protected 
in him, the word of God is protecting us. Jesus is protecting us. So you see this physical picture in Nehemiah, which is a spiritual truth right now. And then it goes on to say, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now that breastplate is covering your heart. Remember, the peace of God covers your heart. You're at peace with God. You're at right standing with God now. You're now seated in the heavenly places with him and you're getting protected by him. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the the gospel of peace. You now have the gospel of peace. Then it moves on. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. All of the darts. Now these flaming darts could be anything in any form. These are uh, verbal attacks on your mind. For instance, all of a sudden, I struggled with depression for many years. Many years. I also, suicidal thoughts, yes, I had those too. All right? And the devil kept just hitting me with these. Now, I had no offense. I had nothing. I was not clothed with on high. I was was not a believer at the time. But then what happened was, once I was seated with him above these things, above these things, then I had the ability to take up my shield of faith and block and and deflect them. And then it literally takes us in Jesus' name. Depression, go. And the minute that I said that, all of a sudden I felt something leave. In Jesus' name, suicidal thoughts, go. Sadness, go. Spirit of heaviness, go. In Jesus' name. And it left. And it never came back. And when it did, let's say, come back, it was not strong anymore. And at that point, I started developing who I was in Christ. Then his voice was speaking louder than the enemies. When his voice speaks louder than the enemies, you now are going to be seeing victory after victory after victory in your life. So then moving on. It also talks about taking the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit. Take the helmet of salvation. Okay. Also speaking specifically about the helmet. Now when you're looking at a centurion. The helmet looked different. Depending on. Who they were serving. Who their authority was. So if the captain wore this specific helmet. All of the people under that specific captain. Wore that helmet. So when you entered a city. When the centurion entered a city. They looked at the helmet and a lot of people cowered in fear, like, oh my gosh, because they represented the authority. It's just like a police officer. When a police officer walks in, you're like, whoa, because that person has the authority and the power. It's the same thing that we just talked about. It had dunamis, the power. The police officers got a gun on their hip. That's powerful. All right. They also had a badge on their chest that represented their authority. 
that represents the law. And they're there to represent the law. We have the law written on our hearts. We carry that authority wherever we go. We also carry the power of the Holy Spirit when we are baptized in Him. So we both have the dunamis and the exousio. Now, the enemy does have power. Okay, that could be found in Luke. Okay, he does have power, but he doesn't have authority. He has the ability, but he doesn't have the right. So that helmet of salvation, imagine walking in to a place. Now, spiritually, the spiritual unseen realm is going to react to you. Oh my gosh, he is representing the King of Kings, the Most High God, the Alpha, the Omega, the Ancient of Days. He's representing that. So when you walk into that situation, the unseen realm freaks out because they know just if a police officer walked into the room, whoa, you're a man of authority. You're a man of power. That's who you are in him. Now, the only thing the adversary has is to get you out of him, out of who you are. That's his only way to prevent you from following God, from following in his footsteps, to go to the ends of the earth and preach the gospel. Okay? And the next thing is, it says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now that sword in the Greek is a dagger. We think it's a huge long sword. No, it's actually just a dagger, which means that the enemy's going to be close to you. He's going to try to get to you. And it also goes on to say, with the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now we think, oh, the word of God, right? Yeah, word of God. No, that's actually not the Greek word. Okay, the word of God, that specific word is rima. And what rima means is it is a specific word of God. It's not the logos, but it's the rima. Both mean word. But the logos, this is the logos. But the rima is a specific word at a specific time. That's why we have to be in communion with him, in intimacy with him. Staying quiet before him and listening. It says, my sheep will hear my voice. You will hear his voice. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to stay close to him at all times. You also will hear the voice of a stranger. Because that's what it says in that scripture. But you will know that it's a stranger. Because the more you spend time with him, the more time you spend with him, the quieter that voice gets. Now, my friend, um, he had a, uh, he went to Harvard. Okay, number one, I'll preface that. He went to Harvard and he became a shepherd 
afterwards for just a little bit. He had he started his own business. It was a, a lamb business, lamb chop business. And um, I'll always remember this. He um, he had this one lamb that the ears of the lamb they uh, got frostbite on him because it was a really cold night, and parts of him fell off the ears. And he called him Frosty, the lamb. And sure enough, we get, I get to this uh, this friend's place, and he says, "Hey, watch this, guys." Now, when we when we approached, there's a couple of us. When we approached, the sheep went away. They they fled because we were strangers. All right, and. He's like, hey, call out to Frosty. That's what he told us. So we call out, Frosty, Frosty. The sheep didn't come. And then he's like, guys, watch this. Frosty. Sure enough, from the barn, some 50 yards away, came Frosty walking right up to my friend. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So we need to be listening to him. He's speaking to us all the time. And he speaks to us in different ways. The word of God is the main way. But the word of God is to get to him. So when we're talking about the word, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, we're talking about the Rima word, the specific word for the specific situation we're in. There was one time when I was praying over somebody and I just had his had my hand on him and I just got this word and it was that specific word and he just starts to cry and then there was another time when I was praying for this other woman and I got a name a specific name and she looks at me and she's like how did you know that And the only reason I'm telling you this is because he wants to do the same in your life too, but only in a place of intimacy. Because you can get caught up in all this stuff, all this miraculous, all that stuff, but he just wants you. The longer you spend time with him, the more you become him. Okay? So then it goes on, it says, praying at all times in the spirit. So you're praying at all times. You don't cease from praying. You don't cease from communicating with him. That's a great way to get yourself taken out. And you're keeping in step with the spirit. And with all prayer and supplication. So you're praying to him. You're asking, Lord, I need help in this situation. Help me, help me. Like I I said, that's my best prayer. Help. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Keep alert. Now, I had someone say, well, I put my armor on every morning. And I'm like, I'm not going to take my armor off. If I'm in the middle of a battle, which we're in, I'm not going to take my armor off. I'm going to keep it on. A soldier going to war is going to keep his armor on and sleep in his armor. Because you never know what's going to happen. And also there's an awareness of that. If you know you're in a battle. Let's say you're in the woods. 
and all of a sudden you're a snap of a branch. You're alert. You're turning. So keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So now you're interceding for your brethren, your brothers and sisters. And also for me. Now this is Paul talking. Also for me, for Paul, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. He is an ambassador. You are an ambassador. You are representing the kingdom of heaven. The mystery of the gospel. To proclaim the mystery of the gospel. The mystery has been revealed. It's Christ in you. In us. The hope of glory. 